Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Turbocharger customer experience results with nice CX-1. Now you can rapidly scale extraordinary CX with the power of the cloud. Nice CX-1 is the most complete customer experience cloud platform and is trusted by thousands of organizations around the globe. With CX-1, you can deliver frictionless self-service as well as top-notch digital and agent-assisted interactions. Get cloud-powered CX at scale. Learn more at nice.com. That's nice.com. Hi, it's Jack O'Brien for HealthAid Kombucha. Uh, this bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching, uh, great for your gut health. HealthAid Kombucha comes in many flavors, Pink Lady Apple, your passion fruit tangerine, uh, ginger lemon is one of my favorites. It's organic, a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. You guys know I'm a big soda fan. Well, what if I told you there was a fizzy drink that instead of making you feel like you were drinking chemicals. It made your tummy feel good. That is Health Aid Kombucha. Look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Makes my dang tum tum feel good. So make Health Aid Kombucha your go to for a healthier, happier you. Hey guys. So I've always wanted to do some sort of like top episodes of the year rundown thingy this year i had a little extra time before taking off for the holiday and so kind of threw something together just based on like what the episodes were that you listen to the most in future years i'd like to open it up for voting get your input but for this year we're just going to be rerunning each of the top five episodes uh while we're on holiday break and yeah here is the number four most listened to episode of the year it's one of our a new format episodes where we uh, started interviewing expert guests and asked them about things we weren't smart enough to speculate on. Uh, so here it is. Hope you enjoy. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 301, episode one of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023. Mm -hmm. You've been mm -hmm. waiting for us to get to this day. Yeah. So that we can they, tell you that it is, of course, National Pecan Tort Day. There's now, so many world, days for pecans, man. The pecan farmers have gotten to the National Day Industrial wow. Complex well, so guess hard. What? While you're, you know, enjoying all those sweet sweets, don't forget, it's also National Tooth Fairy Day. Shout out the Tooth Fairy Union. Uh, yes. National Surgical Oncologist Day. Fuck cancer. Shout out to the surgeons, though, that be trying to battle it. National Bow Day. International Day of Commemorating the Victims of Acts of... Boy, my God, it's so long. Acts of violence based off religion or belief. Oh, that's, that's a tall one. And what's one more just to make it 
super fun. The last one is National Be an Angel Day. Just be an angel. Aww. Yeah. Hey, every day is National Be an Angel Day for mm-hmm. you, sweetheart. Thanks. Hey. Uh, my name is Jack O'Brien, <laughs> a.k.a. Don't go chasing Zaslov balls. Just stay on the picket line until that asshole pays you. I know that you're gonna have to compete with AI, y'all. But I think that strokes are so bad. Mm-hmm. That is courtesy of Fighter of the Nightman underscore <laughs> on the Discord. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Miles Gray, a.k.a. And I've traveled 10,000 miles and I'll travel 10,000 more to be the world's most renowned auctioneer. I will travel 10,000 miles or more. Shout out to No Clue when I catch up on the Discord for combining, uh, you know, the that pro- Proclaimers track with that state What's senator, that Colton Moore, who basically wrote his entire Wikipedia article and had to shout out the fact that he's traveled 75,000 miles uh, doing auction. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, while also <laughs> trying to cover for Donald Trump. He counts every Senate. mile that he travels. I, re- I yeah. respect that, actually, that you just never get over it. You're like, look how far we're going. I mean, Player. if you really want to stunt, like, you know, we could yeah. we could pull the passports out, young man. You know what I mean? I mean, businessmen do love to do that shit, too. Be like, oh, yeah. Like, at the, the, the airport? Their status? Dude, the fucking airport, any fucking, like, airport bar, you'll see two dicks in suits being like, yeah, like, you know, I just got I just got my million miler status. So, you know, I'm Diamond like. Diamond status, dude. Yeah, taking my family down to, to Bali next week. Yeah. So, yeah. And anyway, I got to get this trip done. Well, Miles. Yeah. We are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a brilliantly talented filmmaker, writer. Uh, she was one of the head writers for The Problem with Jon Stewart mm-hmm. and wrote on Girls 5 Eva, Bless mm-hmm. This Mess, The Opposition mm-hmm. with Jordan Klepper, among many others. She wrote, directed, and starred in the acclaimed short film Basic, hosts the podcast Celebrity Book Club. Yep. It's Chelsea Devante! Chelsea! Oh, hi. I love oh, that hi. big Hello. intro, like shouting my name into a cave. You yes, know, got seeing, to. What, seeing what echoes back exactly. to a cave full of the entire Internet. So mm-hmm. okay. yeah. that's right. <laughs> the whole damn Internet is here to uh, welcome you on, on the zeitgeist. I, I'm feeling very blessed to be back here and continue some very important discussions. Yes, always. always. Yeah. So this is this is our uh, Tuesday episode where we kind of take a look at one specific topic that we think kind of undergirds the the whole zeitgeist that is important to understanding the zeitgeist. Yes, Chelsea, and undergirds we, are what I use instead of Spanx. So yeah. very important. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were the, yeah, pre-date Spanx. <laughs> That's right. right. What's my well, undergirds? Undergirds. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, so we wanted to have you on. You had one of our favorite observations in the history of the show when you... You basically said that you knew Trump was going to win the 2016 election based off of watching The Bachelor. And then you explained why, and it made perfect sense. And looking at pop culture tea leaves and like reading what it like, what is actually being said about what's happening to people on the inside, what what is going on with our shared dreams is one of my favorite subjects. You are really good at it. We love to do it on the zeitgeist. And so we wanted to have you on to do just that. And we'll get into what specifically uh, we're talking. Actually, we can do that now. I mean, yeah. we threw out Stan culture being the new religion. We've talked about that before. But 
th- this one subject keeps popping mm-hmm. up on social media. It popped up over the weekend after we had selected this subject. And that is kind of like the desexualization of pop culture movie. Movie sex scenes in particular seem to be like a particular thing that is that people are objecting to lately and are like, why do these exist? When I watch an 80s movie, why does Dan Aykroyd get a blowjob from a ghost, for instance? (laughs) And that that one's actually a really good question. But anyways, there's all sorts of things. We've talked about before the idea that like desexualized, beautiful bodies is like actually a feature of fascist art and so we've we've puzzled over whether that's what we're seeing here but there's lots of as this has become more and more of a mainstream thing that we're seeing on social media there's lots of explanations and we thought you were the best person to have to have on the show to to talk about this I'm so. I'm thrilled to be here to talk about like very hot, sexy bodies not having sex. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I I was so fascinated you guys chose this because it's also something I've been thinking about a lot. Also, just as like a side topic and where I'm coming from, I was, uh, you know, the writers are on strike right now. But before mm-hmm. we were on strike, I was pitching a show and one of the demographics it was going out to, it was going to be like part for, part for millennials, part for Gen Z, sort of this basically like late 20s, early 30s audience that people seem to think millennials and Gen Z are just like so, so, so different. So when you're pitching for like that late 20s, early 30s, executives start referencing (laughs) studies like the ones we're going to talk about, like Gen Z actually isn't having sex anymore. So like, (laughs) like, can one of these characters just like not have a partner of any kind? And they just sort of like live in a hole and they stare at a wall because that's what we assume Gen Z is doing. And it was so frustrating because every time I looked around, be it from people in my real life, the youth of the real life, TikTok, social media, really anything, I just kept feeling like that is not true at all. Even in Gen Z reality shows, like they are getting engaged, they are getting married, they're talking about dating, kind of like the same way you've always had this feeling of like, you know, I want to be having good sex, but I'm not. I don't know if that's something particular to me (laughs) and my friends, but like, I remember in my early 20s, it was like, yeah, we would like to be having sex, but no one's having sex like sex in the city. Like, it just feels like (laughs) a 20s thing. And unless, of course, you know, I'm sure some people were. But anyways, all to say that, like, I really think about these studies that are being referenced of like Gen Z is like this and da 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 is like this. And all I keep thinking about is like, who's doing these studies and maybe Gen Z is just not participating. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. We don't, yeah. you know what? We're actually not going to answer the polls about like what we've been fucking lately. We're just not yeah. because yeah. I just don't think they're correct, but I would love to hear what you guys think. It's like the political polls that are like, man, these elderly people certainly over index. They seem like they're doing great. And it's like, well, how, how did you conduct this? Calling landlines. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, oh, I guess we didn't predict the election correctly right. off of the hundred landlines. And then <laughs> the I mean, how weird do you have to be to pick up the phone these days? Who yeah. is answering the phone? We're trusting them with our polling data. The people yeah. who answer an unknown number, I don't trust them. We actually asked a bunch of Gen Z people's <laughs> grandparents about their sexual behavior. And this is what they told this us. This is what they told yeah. us. Yeah, I just, I think, uh, so anyways, I do, but what I do think is a really interesting discussion with this fascism thing is, um, and the thing that I've been feeling is, is 
that I'll say as a millennial to the Gen Zs is perhaps lacking nuance, discourse Mm. nuance, which I don't know how, I mean, how close do you think lack of nuance and understanding nuance is to turning fascist? Right. You know, on the nuance to fascist spectrum, I do think we're somewhat close, but I don't think it's fascism. I think it's nuance. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably true. And we we have talked before, speaking of David Zaslav, that he's a real Gen Zer because <laughs> when he saw Fleabag, he paused it and told everyone that we're if we're either going to turn this trash off for the sex scenes or we're just going to watch it and nobody's allowed to look at me while we watch it. Don't so make he eye was contact. very scandalized well, by sex. I'm scene. sure he didn't want people to look at him as he was just coming egregiously yeah, just at Fleabag, jacking yeah. off wildly, eyes off. Yeah. <laughs> hands free. Watch. Hands free. Hands up. Hands up. Still happening. <laughs> oh, my God. How? How? Well, I think that's also another good point, though, of like people like Zaslav and them are at the top of our TV pop culture right now. Mm-hmm. So he is plugged in. I, oh, I can just re- finish yeah. your sentence. Yes. Listen. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, God, he he wants to look cool so bad. I saw him wearing three popped collared shirts the yeah. other day three yeah. so that's a jacket that's a shirt and then there was another shirt underneath three and all of them popped collars Pop, and then the yeah. little pockets on the jacket popped oh i said yeah. come on my Pop. dog but anyways yeah. uh, all to say that like normally i think we look at pop culture and it can really reflect what you were saying reflect back on to like culture culture but right now i'm feeling that actually only reality tv and social media can accurately do that because people like Zaslav have been making television decisions for a good five years and they're not accurately reflecting culture anymore interesting all right well we are that's what we're going to be talking about in the second and third act oh, first we whoops, do i thought like we were there we're no first that we're going to ask that's you an what's, what's something from your you, we need to get to know you better to, oh my god! To get to know you, we we do like to ask our guests what's something from your search history that's revealing about who you are. My search, you know what? I'll do it live. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah, I'll I'll go in live. All right, Bill O'Reilly. Um, oh, <laughs> it was, well, we're gonna get to it. But uh, Chloe Bailey patiently responding to swarm sex scene backlash. <laughs> that was an article yeah. I'd read a while ago, but w- w- queued it up for our conversation. Got there it. Got go. it. Got it. What is something you think is overrated? Okay, here we go. Now stay with me on this. So I was getting very nostalgic for magazines, Us Weeklies, mm-hmm. People, mm-hmm. holding it in your hands, someone basically curating your feed for you yep. and telling you this is what people are paying attention to. So my husband got me a subscription to Us Weekly. And I was like, yes, back in the saddle. Here we go. Mm-hmm. And I know it's like, okay, print media is dying, blah, blah, blah. But wow, oh my God, has this magazine taken such a turn to the point where even if we don't rate Us Weekly highly anymore, whatever it is, is still too high. Like in the <laughs> magazine, they are now printing celebrities' own Instagram photos. Wow. Okay. Oh, so it's paper like, Instagram? Yes, paper Instagram, but like sometimes like out of date. So it's like over the course of six months, Selena Gomez posted a photo with a fish and then someone else did. Now there's just a page in Us Weekly being like, look, sometimes celebrities fish. And it's like, I already saw that on Instagram and you just like put it through your printer. Like what's happening? Do we not pay paparazzis anymore? Do they not have the money for that? Like, are we not curating like thoughts throughout the fish photos? It's just... 
And then I started going through all of it and like the just they're just like us. That's it's just they're right. just printing Instagram still. I couldn't believe oh, it. And I then, remember it used to be like the paparazzi thing. It's like yes. they go to Sprouts. You yeah, know, or and, whatever. And now they're like, oh, look, um, Chrissy Teigen dances in her living room. It's like, yeah, because she's holding the camera herself. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, wow. As soon as I just couldn't believe it was still a magazine. And then they're like atoning for their crimes. Like, do you guys remember when two celebrities would be caught wearing the same dress? Yeah, caught. who wore it better? And yeah. they'd be mm-hmm. like, who wore it better? And they'd, it'd be like 1% for Mina Suvari. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> 99%, you know. Anyways, Nina Suvari, everyone thinks you look like shit. You look like yeah. shit in this dress. And um, so now they're sort of like, they've learned like, oh, we're not, you know, we're not supposed to like pen women against each other. And so now they just put a little thing that says twinning. Oh. I, but, Who but, wore it better no, is now twinning? Boo, boo, boo. Tell me a story. Do something interesting. <laughs> like, That's I get that. I Like, yeah, like, don't pit them against each other. But, like, that was it? Twinning? Yeah. And they just, they just paste photos of them in dresses going twinning. And then the silent part is, who wore it better? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To say it, Which twin do you prefer? Yeah. I, and the comedians oh used God. to make fun of fashion in the back, like, the back page yeah. used to be sad, pathetic comedians like myself being like, tent dress i'd go camping in that or, you know something like yeah, very yeah, bad right. and now yeah. it's people being like mules are very in pink is in <laughs> color is a color that's in this season bright green are you missing out on the yeah, trend exactly. <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. thank you i wonder like do we think this happened because budget cuts at us weekly or because there's only one magazine now, and so they like don't have to compete with anybody. So they're just like, I don't fucking care. I mean, they're in touch. Green. Let's pretend know. green is a new thing. Yeah, I you know I was thinking about it. And I was like, okay, are they just sort of getting like, is this a thing where most of Americans aren't on social media, so this magazine is like still helping people? But like, no, like six out yeah. of six out of ten Americans are on Instagram. You know what I mean? And I think the four that aren't don't subscribe to us weekly. Yeah, yeah. Like the people I know who aren't on social media, they damn sure don't give a fuck about celebrity culture. They're like on their own shit. They're like, no, I'm I operate on a completely different system than other people. Exactly. And this is where it's like, oh, print media is going out of business. Well, it's like. I think they've been told time of death is in four years and they're just trying to like end their lives early. Like, I don't know. Like, it's as if they're like, no one's looking at this, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to bust my ass as the factory (laughs) burns down. I'm going to fucking just kick it and just, you know, just like get singed in the corner. Yeah, exactly. We used to every week. I mean, we used to buy all the tabloids. Shout out Bloyd Watch, where we would buy like every tabloid, like National Enquirer, Globe, all that shit. And then all the gossip mags, like people in touch. And I'm curious now to see, like, I wonder how much the pandemic has changed that coverage. Because even then, it was still doing, like, who wore it better and other things and just being like, they're just like us. But it was like the old, you know, the paparazzi shots out in Malibu where somebody wearing big glasses with a Starbucks Trenta cup or whatever. Yeah, and I was like, oh, she kind of looks sad. I bet she's divorced. Oh, yeah. The best was like, oh, dude, (laughs) this guy touched. in paradise? Yeah. was the the subtext of every photograph. (laughs) Wasn't there one was like Brad Pitt touched Rachel Jennifer Aniston's stomach? They're fucking pregnant. Yeah, uh, exactly. One Miles, that was an entire. Yeah, every, like, yeah they, that was in every magazine for ten and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> for real, every day she's pregnant. She's pregnant. Yeah. She's pregnant. Oh, why would you touch her stomach right after it's, eating if she wasn't pregnant? They hadn't seen each other for fifteen years, and they're like shocking new photos suggest that they're back together. 
It's like Angelina Jolie says he's pretty abusive on a plane. Jennifer Aniston pregnant with twins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cut to Jennifer Aniston. Miss me with that gossip. Yeah. <laughs> but Us Weekly was purchased by American Media Inc. When was which that? Which is the owner of like Inquirer, National Enquirer and all that, mm. like the actual Bloids. Yeah, so. I mean, then it should get juicier. I just right? don't. I have to say, like, I listen, I subscribe to some gossip newsletters and they're mm. so funny. They're so fun. The ones that include pictures fucking tight. If you printed that out, I would buy it for three ninety nine. I just like it's as if like they brought in a they brought in a bunch of granddads to run us weekly. Right. And they're like, I think my wife said there was uh, uh, recipes in here. <laughs> well, they almost definitely did because like. What, that was one thing that we noticed about National Enquirer and like the actual supermarket tabloids was that they seemed to be made by and for people who were in their 80s. Like truly, yeah. it was just all about like this elderly celebrity might be dying last days for Dolly. Like I, that right. that was every other That's issue right. was about how Dolly Parton was dying. But for the most part, it was just old old people news. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I so, guess that's really just the demographic. It's them and me with a subscription. Right. <laughs> right. All together. Right. What is uh, what's something you think is underrated? OK, I'm doing a little like, you know, my mine go together like they, okay. they match. Wow. Reddit. Now, again, you'll be like, yes, Reddit's really popular. Charles. like, what are you talking about? But. Again, I feel like um, a bunch of comedians, myself included, have always used Reddit as a punchline, as like, oh, the like the trolls, the subhumans, you know what I mean? Like, who cares what's like happening on Reddit? And I have some Google search terms up for my podcast. And I did this Carolyn Calloway, uh, Natalie Beach episode. And somehow, you know, one of my Google alerts brought me to a Reddit thread. Mm-hmm. And before clicking it, I thought, like, you're not supposed to do this, Chelsea. Like, this is not whatever happens from here is like not going to go well. And when I got there, I was like, holy shit, this is some good discourse. This is some really (laughs) smart, high level discourse. And I think there's been a shift. Granted, I have not been real checked into Reddit, but like on TikTok comments and Instagram comments and, and Twitter, they all kind of like derail the discourse and it always goes into like, you're a, you, 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 you're ugly and fat and should die. Like somehow that always gets there, like within the first five minutes. Reddit yeah. is for the people who are like, we, we, we want 700 characters. We have oh, yeah. something yeah. to say. We need a real forum. And I just, I found some really elevated topics in there. And I was like, I cannot believe I haven't been living here the whole time. It's, yeah, it's definitely all about like what subreddits you go on. Definitely. And what the definitely. energy is of people. Cause yeah, some places are just total toxic meltdowns constantly. Like it's funny even how like sports teams will have different subreddits where like, some people are like, no, nah, that other subreddit is for like the fucking wishy-washy daydreamers who don't actually know ball. We know yeah. that shit on this subreddit. And like, <laughs> right. you'll even see like people with the same interest, like, no, you guys over there, serious shit over here. Or like, if you want to shit post, do that there. But yeah, there really is. But there's that's also what's so like, cool. Really it's like they are yeah. creating internal guidelines. They're kicking people out to the other <laughs> threads. I saw this thing where it's like, yeah, we don't like I saw this battle of like, don't call this girl pick me. Don't use pick me energy. It's a sexist term. But I was mm-hmm. in a thread for people to shit talk other probably women. <laughs> I was in the thread <laughs> where you're like, isn't this woman so fucking stupid? And someone was like, you are misusing pick me energy. Wow. Right, right, that is right, toxic. Right. And I was like, Ooh. where am I? 
Hello, Professor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just really, I, yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think that's a really good underrated because Reddit does, like, is still used as shorthand for, like, dumb internet, like, trolls and incels. And, like, that's definitely not exclusively the case or even, like, largely the case. I feel no. like there's usually, like, a, if you want to find a way to, like, use the internet that doesn't make it feel like it's completely broken and your every page that you go to is taken over by ads, just, like, Put a Reddit filter on all your searches. Just do like whatever you're looking for, and then Reddit, and it you're oh, you're going to have a better time on the you, internet. That yeah. Way. See how like on Google when people have like questions about like day to day things, the like when it autofills, Reddit will be like one of the. They're like how to change car battery. Reddit, you know, <laughs> yeah. Than like YouTube, yeah. because like it's really interesting. I mean, I'm I'm on Reddit a lot. I you know obviously like. You, you go like the shit I'm interested in. I go, I check those subreddits out and it's fantastic. There's other ones I just like to watch. Like there's one about economics where like a bunch of economists joke. It's like, you'll never get consensus with like with two economists in the same room. And then like, they just like laugh, like all high minded economy, <laughs> economic shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, this is kind of interesting. But yeah, there's, it's, there's truly something for everybody there. Like I was on a subreddit where people just be like, I just found this thing. What is this? And then people come in, they're like, hi, I've been a plumber for 30 years. This tool is actually used to like stop a drain or blah, 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 blah. And people are like, whoa. Cool. Yes. It was and a I, plunger. <laughs> no, it was like this thing that like <laughs> goes down one. a drain and like inflates. It's like when there, is in, when there isn't a stopper, it's like some very specific plumbing tool, but oh, it just looked like a lightsaber. So people were like, I don't know. What the fuck is that? <laughs> uh, Yo, I, I just found this shit encrusted <laughs> lightsaber. <laughs> 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 um yeah i i totally agree i think the mob mentality of reddit is very it has a higher iq and eq <laughs> than tiktok mob mentality like, i think if you went on tiktok you're like yo with this plunger people be like you idiot yeah, you didn't right. know what this is and you would go on reddit and they'd be like we don't talk like that in this one yeah <laughs> well yeah that's why there's like so full-on <laughs> subreddits called like no dumb questions like where yeah. people go and there's not a, like people are like I'm sorry, what is Selena Gomez and like a kidney thing I keep reading about? Please. <laughs> okay, I'm this old. sounds like I should go there because I've got answers <laughs> for that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's another one. Uh, yeah. Out of the loop. You'd probably like because that's another one where people come in with like pop culture questions and they're like, I'm sorry, who is D44VD, the artist? <laughs> like, I like, no. <laughs> love this. Yeah, I feel I feel sad for myself that I missed out on Reddit for so many years because I just assumed it was like. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's a lazy punchline of like these losers. Yeah. And it's like, mm, they're pretty smart. They want to type out paragraphs like that takes. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. Smart. Just, just don't venture anywhere where like you may be the topic of conversation. That's yeah. where you can. Subreddit specific yeah. to Miles's point. Not great place to find out about Donald Trump. If you're just reading from a Donald Trump Reddit subreddit, <laughs> not a great place to see crimes solved in real time. But then no. again, absolutely nowhere is good at crowdsourcing crime solutions. <laughs> good point. But listen, specific genre of books. That's yes. where oh, I'm yeah. at. Get to yeah. the right. book places. Yeah. Influ influencer snark threads. You know, they're, they've yeah. got some points there's also, in there. There's like faux moi, which is like a du moi kind of. I don't know. Have you seen faux moi? Yeah. But you yeah. know what? I am so, so out on du moi and faux moi because it's like they have made every single person into a paparazzi. And I don't <laughs> trust half of these paparazzis. You know what I mean? Like right. every time they're like, hey, guess what? 
you know, Toby Maguire um, is suing his wife, Anon, please. It's like that could be that honestly could be my grandma. Right. Having read <laughs> yeah. Us Weekly 10 years ago and was like, guess what I heard? Like, it's like, yeah. you know, we have to I want to read the juice and know it's real. And now right. it's yeah. not because it's just some girl being like, saw Chris D'Elia without his mask in a coffee shop. Yeah. Right, right, right. Boo. Also, <laughs> yeah, Victor in the chat brings up a good one. Shower or you know about shower oranges? No, please. This where motherfuckers they go into a hot shower and just 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 caveman bite into an orange. Not necessarily. Showering. It's just they're just saying that you should eat an orange in a in a shower because of the combination of hot shower and cold orange. Look who's caping for shower oranges right now. <laughs> well, I was gonna say Miles' cake um, was actually, very sexy, and yours yeah. was very uh, like, like just yeah. primal because yeah. the. the the posts I've read on shower oranges, I'm more in like I'm more interested by the ones where people are like, guys, I did it. I just I just let my animal instincts overcome me. I just thugged it out with this orange in the shower and it was beautiful. And then yeah. you see people like, would tangerines work? Also? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, one of the things I like about the concept of shower oranges is that you can just peel it and drop it wherever you want. Cause, you know, shower peels are pretty Wait, much waterproof. But, but then you're, what, what are we doing? Are we leaving them there? The a little the you pick it up the... afterwards. Oh, okay, but, but then yeah. it was just the joy of dropping it oh, knowing just, you cleaned right. it up later. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Just... I think, yeah, I think it appeals to like really messy people because it yeah. seems like the appeal is okay, like you Miles, get all messy. All right. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not some, you know, very put together person like that, but I guess it doesn't appeal to me like, yeah, get all gross, but the water just washes it away. You know, the thing you hate about the way you want to eat in real life, which is let the food get all over you. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. All right. So everybody just wants to just bite into a watermelon from the outside in, stick your head through it, and then just like throw the rind everywhere. Right? No? Yeah. Is that, that's just, <laughs> all right. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Pool watermelons. I'm just saying. All right. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about the desexualization of pop culture. Uh, is it a thing? What does it mean? We'll be right back. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop, powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. 
When you shop online at alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at alienware.com deals. That's alienware.com deals. Hi, it's Jack O'Brien. I've got to tell you guys about something new. I've been trying this year. I've been drinking Health Aid Kombucha. I'm on the booch, you guys. Uh, if you're not familiar, it's a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice. It's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet, a little tangy, very refreshing. Uh, comes in delish flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, Ginger Lemon is a personal fave. Uh, you guys know I'm a big soda fan. Well, what if I told you there was a fizzy drink alternative to soda that instead of uh, making you feel like you were drinking chemicals, uh, it was thirst quenching and made your tummy feel good. Since they sent me a box of Health Aid Kombucha, I've been drinking far fewer unhealthy soda pop and far more Health Aid Kombucha, and they make my tummy feel all warm and good. Cold in my mouth, warm in the tum-tum is not their slogan yet. Uh, you can have it, Health Aid. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. And we're back. So just a couple things to kick us off. More and more, we're seeing like these reactions go viral. There was one over the weekend where a woman describes the movie Oppenheimer and like that her and her husband wanted to see Oppenheimer, but they had heard there was a sex scene. You know, they she looks to be in her, I'd say like late 20s, early 30s. And it's it's just a it's wild the way she's talking about the sex scene as if it's like a thing we can all agree is like traumatic and not th something that like anybody wants to watch. And like they, they talk about like how they got through it. They did their research. They like looked when it was going to happen. And then they like closed their eyes during it. And th this comes, I, d I don't know what her deal is, what her husband's deal is. If like, you know, this is part of a long running social media presence where people know like that they have, some past trauma as a couple or so, something like that. So I don't want to like dive too much in and be like, what a weirdo. She also has like a Jesus fish on her wrist, like tattooed on her wrist. So it could just be like religious stuff. But like this does seem to be, I, I think the reason it's getting so much traction is people are seeing this as a take more and more where people are like, finally, someone says it like sex scenes are, are weird. They make me feel gross. I, I don't want to see them. And it, it, it came out a lot with Oppenheimer in particular. But Chelsea, I just want to open the floor to you on this subject of like a, a step back from horniness yeah. <laughs> as, as media consumers. <laughs> well, first, I have to say I haven't been totally drawn to see Oppenheimer. But after that video, now I really want to go. Like, I found myself being like, I have to know what this sex scene is. So I don't, you know, I don't know where that puts me <laughs> perspective wise, but now I want to see the movie. Yeah. Uh, have you have you guys seen it? Is is it a graphic yeah. sex scene? I'd have to know. No. It's not graphic. It's actually like really. So my it's take graphic on Oppenheimer if you only have missionary scene. sex. Yeah. 
it's straight like <laughs> the woman's on sex. top. Yeah, okay. I feel like and that okay. was the most risque thing. And it's it's like nudity. Yeah, there's like yeah, there's yeah. there's some nudity, but I actually think like it feels very strange. Like Christopher Nolan has traditionally been described as like being somewhat of a sexless filmmaker. Like he made a movie about people's like going inside people's dreams and, and no like, one, <laughs> yeah. no one fucks at all. Like nobody, like sex doesn't even exist inside these people's dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Sex doesn't really exist inside most of his movies, I would say, other than like the Joker character is kind of the most fuckingest character <laughs> that like mm. he has in like any of his movies in the sense that like he is like this kind of, creep but like at least there is a sexual en energy with with the joker but anyways this seemed like he was responding to that and being like oh yeah i can't do a sex scene and it just feels it is a weird sex scene the f the mm. the first one is really like it it feels almost like self-parody to me i don't know if i went wow. in with a if i went in being like i'm going to hate this christopher nolan sex scene but i I think he's trying to fight against the idea that his movies are dead sexually. And, <laughs> and he failed. I, it sounds like he failed. <laughs> I think he did. But I also, I think he's popular, at least partially because his movies take place in a sexless universe. And I think people want that from their movies, like from yeah. their blockbuster movies. Well, it's, yeah, there's so many. One, after that description, no. Two, after that description, I want to see it even more. I just have to know. <laughs> I have to know. It's It's the only thing that has brought me to this movie. But, yeah, there's so many threads to connect on this, but kind of the the number one thought that comes to my mind is something that I talked about with my one of my best friends, Ashley, who's also a television writer, which is that prior to this moment in culture, sex scenes have somewhat always they've always been bad story wise. So there's never there's almost I'm going to say Deadpool is maybe the one exception where like a sex scene <laughs> actually had to be there to move the story forward. But right. usually sex scenes are like a brief intermission where like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because the moment they've gotten to like kissing, we know. Okay, so we're there right. story-wise. So if you're going to show yeah. the full sex, like you just kind of sit in it. And yeah. so then it really is to be a very, it's just exists to be a sexy sex scene, which was way more needed in previous generations where like that was the only time you were going to see a sexy sexy sex scene right yeah i was without thinking, wearing like, like the... a trench coat in times square yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking that like some examples of sex scenes that needed to exist and that i think should inspire people to like think more creatively about sex scenes is like parasite has a really interesting sex scene not an american film but it like shows this like really wealthy couple like kind of having this weird sexual encounter on the couch where they're like fantasizing that they are like part of this lower class that they yeah. sort of look down on and suppress and like thought that was like a, a good that's example. a good one yeah that's yeah. that's another good one we we're like oh there's like meaning and purpose for yeah. this but, but i feel like yeah sort of traditionally and and for the most part, sex scenes exist simply to be sexy and they, they don't move anything forward. And almost all of them have been written and directed by, you know, white cis men for a yeah. hundred years. Yeah. And so which and which I'm bringing up to say, like, I think if our previous canon of sex scenes like. Had had any sort of other like sexual lens on them that could turn a different portion of people on. I wonder if we'd be having this conversation. But because of that, it's, people are sort of looking at this as like, 
Oh, like you can go back and look at um, what was I just watching? It was a, it was it was a movie where you're like, oh, it has a lot of sex scenes, and you rewatch them, and you're like, oh, all of them rape scenes, Te- like, <laughs> and you just don't. Um, it was a it was a movie that had. Let me look. Hold on. It was Sharon, uh, Sharon Stone. Basic Instinct. I think it was Basic Instinct, and I'm just like blinded by the most famous part of that movie. And to, but I think it is Basic Instinct. But there are yeah. other sex scenes in that movie, and they're just all rapes. And yeah. and but they but they're filmed like sex scenes. And so right. I think this sort of like pushback to stuff like that is is built on a hundred years of only one version of sex being shown on screen. Right. Yeah, I think like just the other thing as we were like thinking about the nolan and like is he popular because he's like a particular like sex doesn't exist in his cinematic universe and like his sex scene in oppenheimer seems like it was directed by somebody who's never had sex like i was also thinking about tom cruise who like the whole kind of argument against him has always been this guy has like no sexual charisma like he just like you can't really picture him having sex really he's like kind of this beautiful creature who doesn't have any like you can't really picture him and like the other sex scene that made me identify other than the Oppenheimer one the one that like made me identify with all the people who are like please stop was the fucking Top Gun 2 sex scene where it's like Uh uh-huh yeah it's just so weird it like all of a sudden the movie starts to feel like it's an ad for a retirement home like not that they're (laughs) like that old but like the vibe of it is just like this like it like feels like a like viagra commercial like totally because also it's just like dead and remote and like takes place in heaven or something it's really (laughs) weird and the the, you know the first top gun the most sexual scene in that movie is abs at the beach playing volleyball and they crush it you know what i mean you're just like Mm -hmm. and then in the second movie they did it again and i don't know if you noticed but they had to shoot tom cruise like profile and silhouette shirtless like it was a very like long lens he's technically shirtless on the beach but we're really going to focus on 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 miles you know what i mean and, and jeans so, are super high for super no reason high, That's, this is just how people wear their jeans now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but they crushed it in that beach scene too and where it's like no one's no one is i don't feel like yeah i feel like on the most part it's like we can take sexy abs at the beach but like actual sexual intercourse like i, I don't even know like don't film it it does feel like very uncomfortable which yeah i have to say that when you brought up this topic, because per- personally, I feel like this is when it goes into Gen Z, I- I'm sort of out on all the like Gen Z is not having sex. It's like they were yeah. in a pandemic during the years when you learn how to put your mouth on someone else's face. So, you know <laughs> what I mean? So like where there's going to be a lag and like, I, you know, I- I'm not believing all of these, the so-called data of like, they don't believe in sex anymore. I don't think that's it. But what I do think is true is that there's been a lot of sexual education but not that second step into the nuance of sexual education. So like things feel very cut and dry to the point that in the tel- in the television show Swarm, which Chloe Bailey was in, I don't mm. know if you guys saw that, but yeah. it has a very, very graphic sex scene in yeah. the pilot. And a bunch of people online uh, truly believed they were having sex. So <laughs> they wrote into the television show accounts and on TikTok oh, no. to be like, why did they make Chloe Bailey have sex and seem to have no understanding 
of the art of television. Yeah, right. Of pantomime. And, <laughs> yes, ex- like pantomime set. You guys, they're not, it's not happening. Yeah. There's like, you know, protect sheer protection cups over their parts. But that's where I'm like, this is a nuance, understanding, mental alacrity, <laughs> how to live right. in the real world issue and less a like, what is like, we don't like sex anymore issue. Because yeah. I, I, there's like a few ways to look because I, I think of like erotic thrillers, right? And it was like the 80s, we were, you know, the the conservative conservatism of the 80s sort of like helped build up the pressure for like in the mid 80s for these films to start propping up, like, you know, coming up and people like, oh, I actually fuck with this. And by ni- the 90s, we're so horny and dumb. We're yeah, like, yeah. these are our greatest movies. <laughs> and I think like there's an uptake for like a few reasons after like it's just kind of as we were talking about this and just like researching the topic and everything is like. One really interesting thing, as you point out, is like a lot of those erotic thrillers have like sex can be dangerous, but also these women are crazy and will kill you. Yeah. And I think (laughs) part of that is like the AIDS epidemic was already making people question the quote unquote dangers of sex or how sex could lead to like your eventual death. Right. And then there's also like this sort of evolution of sexual agency where like, again, to your point about these like male writers and directors. Like, it almost feels like for them, they're getting out their anxieties over, like, an evolving new form of sexual politics coming out. And like, what does that mean for dudes? Like, are they just going to fucking kill us? Uh, yeah. Like, well, yeah. Or, what and also, what, what sexually turns them on? You know what I right. mean? It's like, it's like one dude's fantasy of, like, she says no, but she means yes. I right. said one dude. I meant hundreds of millions yeah. of dudes. But um, right. who made all the art? But it's like, had... Had there been like to, to take this to the to the porn conversation, like mm-hmm. like it is so hard to find porn that 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 I personally like. I know this is TMI, but it's more of like a female thing of like mm-hmm. and I'm talking about like I don't like when the house is dirty and I'm not talking about like I like it clean. It's just like if there's like a super dirty mattress, it's just so distracting. It's oh, like, yeah. it, like or like put a sheet on it, you guys. Like what is yeah. it? And it, it's just like the actual ambiance and the actual atmosphere. And it's like stuff like that isn't thought through and I feel like if our history of sex on TV and film had included other people's perspectives or point of views of what turned them on. Yeah. Yeah. There wouldn't be if- such a backlash right now. I don't mind a backlash against sex scenes that aren't doing anything interesting or like same. Le- yeah, like like the Oppenheimer sex scene, like the or uh, not mission Top Gun two sex scene. Like I, I'm fine with people lashing back against that because it's not doing anything. I just don't want people to not feel like they can express that part of the human experience because like there's something bad about inherently bad about sex scenes right? as opposed to like there being something that is inherently bad about how sex scenes and sexual like energy was expressed in film up to this point. That's really well said. Yeah, there, there's I mean, like there's other dimensions too. like when you look at it, like I'm also like, where where does capitalism factor into this, too? Because, you know, like there was an analysis of like from just like around 2000, like post nine, like right after 9-11 to like 2006, like all these films and like seeing that sex or nudity like was not like a like a revenue booster for films at all. Like it really did nothing like it didn't move the needle at all. And then you think about like, you know, I guess eyes wide shut ish is like our sort of last or prestige erotic thriller. And that's 2000. And there are a couple, you know, trickling out after that. But then you have like 
Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter come out. And then the studios are saying like, oh, man, these like broad fucking movies like we can just start like these are just money printing things. And like maybe we just need to go all in on this shit, too. So I know there's like a dimension of that. But then I also think of like the taboo element, too, which is like to your point, even Chelsea, of like, you know, in the 80s and 90s, like this was like a date night thing where like you go like, I don't know, like there's some sexy shit going on up there and we don't have to feel bad about it because there's no online porn where we can just kind of like blow the doors open on everything we desire. So it fills that sort of need. But then there's also like the taboo where like I remember as like a 10 year old middle schooler, you would talk about these movies, not even because they were work like it's like a good movie. You'd be like, did you see it? Did your parents let you Minute watch 46 that? Have you s- and 30 yeah. seconds in on the VHS. Exactly. And for you us, become that, a man. <laughs> like, yeah, you will. You will know what it looks like if you yes. go to that scene. You're like, what? And so. I feel like for my generation, too, like we were like somewhat educating ourselves in this really bizarre way with these films. But then also, I think we like the 90s were so hypersexual. Like, I feel like it also burned us out to the point where now you're looking for something a little more nuanced rather than like, well, when's the part where they're going to show a topless woman in the movie? Totally. And also, I think it's sort of that thing we're talking about, which is like, it's just a call for better art and also i think there is a call for better porn like consensual porn porn being better. Yeah. like i think there's just a call for like being better because we did get educated and now with the internet this generation is like the most educated i mean i was just thinking about how harvey weinstein you know maker of many many miramax films made free right. to Kahlo, which was this you know pr- supposed supposed to be prestige film with salma hayek and there's this famous story where he's like you need to do a full frontal naked uh, lesbian scene in the Frida Kahlo movie (laughs) (laughs) Um, or I'm not going to make it. And Salma thinks to herself, like, I really think the story about this woman is important. So I guess I'm going to do this sort of softcore porn scene that makes absolutely no fucking sense. Again, because people like Harvey Weinstein were in charge. And I feel like it's more of a pushback to that or even going to Swarm where they think like, you know, the sex scene is kind of really glorifying the male character and Chloe Bailey's character is, is, isn't it's, it's a very like male sex scene again. And they're sort of like, what about her consent? Why does she have to be used like this? Granted, I don't think they're understanding it's fake, but that sort of nuance of like, <laughs> this is so silly, but it's like they've been taught about consent and and me too and assault and being better, but also not how to still be sexy or how to still like go forward with it. And so it probably does feel like a very like, just don't do that type of situation. Or that it could be a statement. I actually haven't seen Swarm, but like Swarm, but like it could be a statement about like, you know, every film character is not meant to be a model of virtue, right? Like sometimes you're showing bad people doing bad things or like, and the, like that, I feel like that becomes a problem when you're not allowed to do that without being seen as like approving of the behavior that you're depicting in the movie. Right. That, yeah. And I feel like I've seen that a lot too, which kind of goes again to like the nuance in art and how like that has sort of that conversation, I feel like, has gotten so stilted in places like TikTok. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in other forums, it's still alive. Right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's take oh, a quick yeah. break, real quick, and we'll come back and keep talking about this. We'll be right back. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. 
Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop, powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Hi, it's Jack O'Brien. I've got to tell you guys about something new. I've been trying this year. I've been drinking... Health Aid Kombucha. I'm on the booch, you guys. Uh, if you're not familiar, it's a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice. It's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet, a little tangy, very refreshing. Uh, comes in delish flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, Ginger Lemon is a personal fave. Uh, you guys know I'm a big soda fan. Well, what if I told you there was a fizzy drink alternative to soda that instead of uh, making you feel like you were drinking chemicals, uh, it was thirst quenching and made your tummy feel good. Since they sent me a box of Health Aid Kombucha, I've been drinking far fewer unhealthy soda pop and far more Health Aid Kombucha, and they make my tummy feel all warm and good. Cold in my mouth, warm in the tum-tum is not their slogan. Yet, uh, you can have it, Health Aid. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. And we're back. And Miles, I think you were about to ask. Oh, just, yeah, I mean, like, you know, the other thing is like, just kind of the evolution. I just think of like where I got my sexy imagery as someone born in the eighties, like through, you know, like coming of age and then like late nineties aughts and things like that. And it feels like at a certain point, like it was like, Oh, a Van Damme movie is going to have boobies in it. Like that was a shorthand in my mind. Like you, you were like conditioned to know like certain directors, actors, whatever, like there would be that sort of thing. And then you, but, but then like a lot of the sex or sexual content just really kind of shifted to like our popular culture. Like it didn't have to live in these sort of movies like basic. Ooh, what about basic instinct kind of thing? It's like it's in my music videos. It's in the advertisements. Mm-hmm. It's on cable TV at night. So 
it's almost like I don't know if it's like also, again, this sort of diversification of where that sort of content lived to the point that totally. it, it was like omnisexual, like everywhere was sex. So that also feels like a, another point where the, I, I guess the appeal of it only getting it directly from film begins to wane a bit. Yeah. And also, like, if you're like, OK, check out this Van Damme sexy scene or I can go to my only fans of a real person who is alive, who's doing my niche fetish and will look into the eyes of the camera and say right, my right. name. Right. Yeah. What's like, you know what I mean? So when you go back to a Van Damme movie, you're like boring, boring. stupid, yeah. move it along. Like, yeah, I, I was just thinking of remember when Seth MacFarlane did that Oscar song called Boobs? And he was <laughs> yeah. Like, the movies you can see boobs in. And that was 2013. And <laughs> Whoops. I, the response was like, yawn like yeah, come right. on like yeah that's all you're in it for and it's like shitty to treat women that way and it's like i'm still i'm still here for a song like i still need to get to a place where like seth MacFarlane can sing a song about full frontal dick and right. he's got 30 movies to reference like i think i've got right. one you know yeah. the so, piano so there <laughs> harvey Keitel. That's yeah it. yeah there you go i mean so i do still think it's interesting so like the Miles, you were talking about like they made did an analysis in the early 2000s and found that like nudity was not something that drove money making. And I think rather than just that being always true, I think that's probably an indicator of like changing tastes in mm -hmm. like filmgoers. And like the whole thesis that I have about movies is like, yes, they're like commercial ventures, but they people pay money to go see them because they are getting to see something that is happening that they can't really access inside them up on mm -hmm. the screen, right? And so, like, that's why I think it's interesting that our, like early 2000s, like as the country was becoming like explicitly fascist in the like war on terror and, you know, that that was a time when suddenly people were like, yeah, yeah, we don't, we don't want to see this shit. And I agree, like it definitely has to do with like that there became there like suddenly there were better places to get that but i also i don't know like there it does feel like there like, one of these articles from i think slash film was saying that it it's there's been like sort of a internalization of the pg-13 rating when it comes to like our movies where that's just kind of what people expect from movies and i i do think that there's like i think that happened because corporations came through and like overtook everything you know like the the big example that this blood knife article uses the blood knife article that we'll link off to on the footnotes is called uh everyone's beautiful nobody's horny or something to that effect and it's about like superhero movies where everybody you know is just trained within just like an inch of like perfection just like and that does that goes for the superhero it also goes for like the fbi agent and right. the background character and you know like that that's just how everybody is supposed to look perfect but then our favorite filmmakers this guy whose movies take place in a world where like dreams don't have sex in them mm -hmm. and i think that there is something to the idea that like, so fascist art, like, when you look at, like, what was popular in Nazi Germany, like, the films of Lenny Riefenstahl, with, like, 
these documentaries where they would like glorify the human body and particularly the male body and like its strength and muscles, but like completely, it was all about power dynamics, right? It was nothing about sex. And in fact, like sex was like to be completely removed from the the equation. And I feel like there is like, we obviously th- those movies also had like Hitler and it was like, and all of the sexual energy is to be like sublimated to your religious fealty to the Fuhrer. And like that horny, <laughs> horny for Hitler only horny yeah, for Hitler yeah. only. And now it feels like it is done to sublimate to like the broader, just kind of ideals of capitalism. And like the, the fact that there's like an internal understanding of like, yeah, well, why would they put, like Iron Man fucking in in this movie like it wouldn't make as much money and I root for this movie because like that's that's my team is Marvel and so like and Marvel is winning against DC and so I don't know I just, I think it's interesting I don't think it is like I don't think it's a telltale symptom that like America is headed towards some sort of fascism with like a central fascist leader but i do think it says something interesting about our relationship to this all-consuming like capitalistic ideal where it's like yeah no we just take the sex out of everything because like that is not actually making money for the thing that we want to see make money and we're all on board with that not just david zaslov like we're all on board with that because it doesn't like i can just get my sexual content elsewhere. I'm going to say, I'm going to push back on it. Yeah. Having written in late night comedy for, I can't, now I'm trying to do the math. I don't know, but I feel like the, like, are we turning fascist think pieces, like make the rounds every three years. <laughs> you totally. know what I mean? And it's yeah, like, yeah. are we, are we, are we to the point where like, it's not even going to matter because the term fascist now means something different to everyone. It's totally. lost all meaning. Like, we're never going to know. You know what I mean? It's going to be here and no one will have any Wait, understanding on it. But taking this back to where we started, The Bachelor, mm. I will bring yeah. us into my main basis for this argument, which is that The Bachelor is dying a uh, slow death. It's definitely slow, but it's just every season it's dying, it's dying, it's dying. And this last year, we got reality shows about dating, like Love is Blind, like The Ultimatum, Queer Love, which is... Milf Manor. One of the best shows I've ever watched. Oh, what'd you say, Miles? I said Milf Manor. Milf Manor. I I did watch every episode. Yes, I did. And that's actually a great one to reference because in The Ultimatum, Queer Love... They've got cameras on and you, I mean, you're watching porn for a second and you're watching porn of someone you've intimately gotten to know, like all their relationship issues. And that show was wildly popular. And on TikTok, the discourse about queer love stories and like there was an entire storyline of like you fingered the woman I'm in love with. And where's your fingers go? When did they start and how did it happen? And is that considered sex? And then there's a conversation of like everyone you know what I mean? Is that penetrative sex or not? Do we count that as sex? What is the consent needed for finger mm. sex versus other sex? Anyways, and you're like, and TikTok is like going nuts and loving this conversation and everyone is loving that show. And I think it's because it was it was showing sex in the way that we understand and want to see it now, which Experience is like it, real, yeah. authentic. It's yeah. not through this like very singular patriarchal lens. Even on totally. like Love Island, they're, they're, they live in bikinis. 
They live in bikinis and they switch partners every other day for 50 episodes every season. And it's crushing it. Like, Love is Blind, you know, they talk about are they having sex, are they not? Meanwhile, The Bachelor, which is a very sterile show, which would fit this sort of, like, fascist thing where it's, like, overnight sweets. Like, the door closes and, like, who knows, um, is dying a death in popularity. And so... interesting. If we look to reality TV, I would say we are still very much here for sex, but we're no longer here for it in the ways that are harmful. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it doesn't feel good. And then if sexing is to, like, make you feel sexy, you're, you don't want to feel bad while you're watching it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe my ultimate plea is, like, that movies do something interesting with their sex scenes because yes. that's what people want. And it's not that people are necessarily fascist yo that they just want something interesting and not like the traditional 80s movie sex scene yeah to chelsea's point like again i was raised on the buck wild movie sex scenes you know what i mean (laughs) and then then you know the internet kind of was like i was like okay i think i know what i like and to the point to nuance like now i'm like how come they're not kissing in this porno I'm like, nah, nah, I'm off this. Like, y'all need to be making out and shit. Like, I need to, like, I want to see y'all be passionate, right? Or yes. even, like, in Bridgerton, I just started watching the second scene. There's, like, one moment where this one character, she just says, she said, Mr. Bridgerton. And they just have, like, a look at each other. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, and they didn't say shit except, like, there was just a very tense moment. And the release was just saying it. And they shared a look. And I was even like, damn, that was all right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're like, you're just like doing it well, you know, yeah. you're like that was hot. And I didn't need to just see you coldly simulate <laughs> motions. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Like making the back the beast with two backs, as it were. And and I think, yeah, we're I think because we've moved on from just being like, will they show sex? They do. Yes. <laughs> and then once everyone. Right, now, this is I, I do want to say this is a direct attack on me because that is a direct quote from something I said <laughs> earlier before we started rolling. So I didn't do the fist pump, though. Like, I didn't do the double fist pump. Yes. Um, (laughs) But like, yeah, that now we're so like, you know, it's like when you like you're you get introduced to a new cuisine in the beginning, anything will do. And then as you formulate taste, you're like, no, actually, I like it's not just about having, you know, steak or whatever or whatever. You know, you just you you begin to actually understand what it is that is appealing to you. And I think, yeah, yeah, I think it's like it's just sort of simultaneous cultural evolution along with the amount of things we've been exposed to that kind of puts us in this different place. And I think it's the problem with um, art meeting capitalism right now, especially as like we're in the writer's strike and the whole like you go woke, you go broke movement, which is that like people come in and try and quantify it and do the data and the statistics and what's selling and what's not selling. And actually this is in and that is in blah, blah, blah. But like the thesis is good. We mm-hmm. would love a good movie We would love a good movie. And the moment we get a good movie, they go, oh, do that again. Do that again. Or like, you know, network television was dead. Then Abbott Elementary comes up. Right. It was it was good. Right. Everyone goes workplace comedies. Right. Workplace comedies. And you're like, oh, okay, so that's not that was not the only thing that made that show good. You know, and I just feel like people want really great art. And every time it shows up, they're going to love it. And every time it's shitty, they're going to hate it. And then people are going to drain it down into headline pieces of what could sell more or less. And they're going to miss the point, which is that if it's good, it sells. And if it's bad, it does not. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. Well, Chelsea, such a pleasure having you. 
Thank you. I knew I would learn a lot. I did learn a lot. Were you guys horny the whole episode? Just, I just I, I just need to know, like, you know, was it a horny episode for you guys? <laughs> I was quaking. I mean, you could visibly yeah. see that I was quaking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel yeah. bad for Justin. He's going to have to cut out all this. Yeah. I was an edgelord the whole time. <laughs> oh, edging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out the goon, everybody gooning out there. Yeah. It was all, sa- I was all sax music in the background playing the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Oh my gosh, please come listen to my podcast. It's called Celebrity Book Club with Chelsea Duantes, but it's so much more, you guys. We discuss uh, female celebrity memoirs. We also do some pop culture stuff. I Inspired by you guys, I did uh, an entire Bachelor episode um, talking about politics and where we're at now. And uh, someone pointed out to me that in our Republican years is when we had our worst bachelors, too. Um, It's, Mm. you know, the, the, the method... Still, I am I, I am our data scientist on elections. Yeah. And so, anyways, come listen there. And um, I'm on Instagram at Chelsea Devantes. And I do like, I post things from books and stuff and have conversations over there. Yeah. is Wait, so the, the thesis is that during, when The Bachelor is bad, we elect Republicans? No, no. It's when we have Republicans in office is also cultural times where we are enjoying shittier bachelors who break the rules and are only out for themselves and are selfish pieces oh, okay, of shit, it, but they're it. so entertaining. So like <laughs> Pete's the pilot, you know, like mm. if you just look at our Trump bachelors, they're the worst mm, bachelors yeah. of all time and they're very selfish dudes. Oh, interesting. So maybe that's due to casting on, on the part of the producers yeah. of The Bachelor. Interesting. Well, yeah. And I think thinking of like, like where we're at, like Ari, you guys remember Ari is a bachelor. They brought him mm-hmm. back. And he like does the old switcheroo at the end. You guys are nodding, but you have no idea what I'm talking about. No, I remember because just... Anna, no, Anna would regularly play. Because what's Ari's last name? It's like Louis. Bud- it's like a. Budikins? some. Oh, oh, is that one? Ari gray hair race car driver. Is oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Race car driver guy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm savvy. I'm savvy. Yeah. Colton, who was like in the closet, did an entire season as a fully gay man choosing one woman he then stalks her she has to take out her restraining order on him and then he's like i've been gay the whole time like this is like this is where we were at in the trump years right amazing hey did we get our first black bachelor in the trump era too Uh, right on right yes we did and um, that's also when we got our racial reckoning season yeah where they brought in one black guy to host the reunion and then Guess what? He left. Never has never been heard from again. They brought him in for the racial reckoning, then sent him away. <laughs> Anyways, what was I saying? Follow me on Instagram at Chelsea Get more takes like that. Is there a work of media you've been enjoying? Oh my gosh, so much. You know what? Let's just give a shout out to Milf Manor. It is not what you think it is, no, you guys. Wow. It is because it, it starts and they're like, you're going to be dating young men, and they're like, that's tight. And then the gate opens, and it's all of their sons. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> it's right. all of their sons. And then it's... they're like, and you're going to share a room with your son, but you're going to date the other sons of these other ladies here. And you're like, this is maniacal. And by the end of the episode, they've all like, they're all just kind of like teaching their sons about like how to put a condom on a banana. Oh, <laughs> it's wow. It's, it's also the, one of the worst made reality shows I've ever seen. Like there's no yeah. host. And no it host. feels like. It feels like Lord of the Flies with like weird incestuous prompts that they have to. Like, yes, do they, they send them a text message. They're like, read this lab. They're like, all right, I guess we're going to go to commercial break now. And then we come yeah. back. We're going to put on blindfolds. We're going to fill up our sons. We're going to try and choose which one is my son. Oh, this is definitely him. <laughs> oh, oh, this is my son. This is my boy. There are Anyways. Some, there's some moments where I'm like, 
they've <laughs> destroyed my mind completely, like in ways that I did not, I did not expect. And I think, I don't know if it's yeah. because of the depravity or whoever was behind. Anyway, it's out there. This, this episode has been the greatest ad for trash reality television maybe <laughs> ever. Like, good, good. Yeah. This is I what mean, I'm about. <laughs> I guess we should ask the question, like if Germany had access to trash television, like is the whole Third Reich avoided? Maybe. <laughs> mm. 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 Will, mm. will trash television about. save yeah. us or bring yeah. us our next president? <laughs> That's right. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? Is there a working media you've been enjoying? At Miles of Gray, where they got at symbols. Find uh, Jack and I on a basketball podcast. Miles and Jack got mad boosties. If you like trash realities, guess what? Check Sophie Alexander out on uh, 420 Day Fiance, where we talk about 90 Day Fiance, which is also pretty garbage. Uh, and then if you like uh, some true crime, you can still catch me on The Good Thief talking about the Greek Robin Hood uh, and all that. I don't have a piece of media, but uh, I've been watching the newest season of How To with John Wilson, and uh, there was there are a couple moments where I've been like, wow, 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 wow. Anyway, it's, it's always an interesting show, so maybe check that out. All right. A uh, tweet I've been enjoying is actually uh, Ben Rosen at, at Ben underscore Rosen tweeted John Wilson narrating the Zapruder film. <laughs> so you decide to uh, go for a drive, <laughs> but not everyone thinks that's a good uh, idea. <laughs> wow, dude, the delivery on that. Bravo. And Pat Tobin retweeted an image. He said, I don't know who made this, but I think about it a lot. And it's a side-by-side, the sky in scenic locations, and it's just a blue sky, the sky at grocery stores. And it's like this gorgeous, dramatic cloud sunset, which right. just resi- like totally rang true to me. I've, I've seen some of the greatest skies of my life doing the most boring, like mundane shit in my life. And then you like <laughs> go on vacation to someplace and it's just blue skies. So anyway, fuck blue skies is what I'm saying. Wow. And shout out to grocery stores. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Uh, Miles, what song do you think people might Just, enjoy? you know, something nice. Get us into the, the week. This is George Ben, uh, J-O-R-G-E-B-E-N. Uh, and this track is called Domingas. It's so dope. George Ben is one of my favorite Brazilian artists. I'll never, I'll keep saying that every time someone asks me that. Uh, and his singing's fantastic. Like the beginning has like a really dope, you know, like I feel like if I was sampling, I'd sample that first maybe 20 seconds. But anyway, Domingas by George Ben. All right, we will link off to that in the footnotes. Foot the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning, back this afternoon, to tell you what is trending, and we will talk to y'all then. Bye. Stay horny. Turbocharger customer experience results with nice CX-1. Now you can rapidly scale extraordinary CX with the power of the cloud. Nice CX-1 is the most complete customer experience cloud platform and is trusted by thousands of organizations around the globe. With CX-1, you can deliver frictionless self-service as well as top-notch digital and agent-assisted interactions. Get cloud-powered CX at scale. Learn more at nice.com. That's nice.com.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com.